It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Well, rain washed away uh, any hope of uh, a day's play in Bangladesh yesterday, which may or may not have uh, saved the Black Caps. They need to get out on the field. Of course, they're 1-0 down in the series, but uh, they've still got uh, three days to, uh, to try and battle themselves back into this game and uh, do some damage. Uh, cricketers certainly uh, know how to pass the time, though, and this uh, man we're about to talk to is uh, a master of it. Uh, whether you get play or not, uh, just chuck the races on, kick back and enjoy. Ken Rutherford, former New Zealand cricket captain, of course, and now these days CEO of the Albion Park Harness Racing Club up there in Brisbane and Queensland, uh, which is currently also hosting the famous Interdoms. So uh, Rudds is a pretty busy, busy chap. Uh, thanks for your time, Rudds. Yeah, g'day, Stockley. I seem to recall you spending more time reading my Turf Digest in the old days than, than myself, quite frankly. I had to get two copies of the news agents. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> there, was a, there was a Turf Digest and the best bits. I remember back in and those fr- days, Ruts. And a Friday Flash, mate, <laughs> too, wasn't it? Huh? <laughs> Friday Flash. Oh, my goodness me. I go back to those rangy auto races. I remember those well. Uh, Ken, right, let's, uh, let's get on to... Um, let, no, let's, let's start with the Interdom, shall we? Um, that's a busy time for you. Yeah, it is. I'm just making myself a brief beef broth. It's only 7 o'clock in the morning over here again, and uh, my missus have got me on the beef broth. It's good for your... Uh, your gut uh, enzymes or something. But anyway, no, it is into the minions. And, um, <laughs> too late. The next round of heats. <laughs> <laughs> the next round of uh, heats is tomorrow night stock. So uh, looking forward to it. The, the, the big horse over here is a horse called Leap to Fame from the Grand Dixon stable. He trains and drives Leap, Leap to Fame. And, boy, he's captured the imagination. He's done a Winks-like uh, job on the public here in Brisbane. They just love him. They call him Larry's his nickname. And... Uh, when he turns at home, Chris Barge with the commentator gets extremely excited when Larry's in front. And, uh, oh, it's just great, really, to be quite honest. He's sleep to fame, has gone bang, bang in the first two heats. And then it'll win again tomorrow night. I think he's at sixteen with uh, with Labrokes. So get on and get plenty. You can't really get plenty, can you? But he will be winning. And, of course, the other horse is Swayze. He won the New Zealand Trotting Cup recently. So it looks a match race in two in the paces, uh, Smithy, with uh, sleep to fame and Swayze. And then the trials, you've got Just Believe, who is, you really do have to just believe what this horse can do. He's a, he's a square gator of tremendous ability, and uh, he'll be winning the, the trials grand final next Saturday night. No doubt about that whatsoever. How many race men, uh, aside from the Intertoms, how many race meetings do you have a year, Ken? Sure, they'll be in park stocks. We have uh, 150 odd at least. We, we race three times a week, Tuesday afternoons. Uh, we're going to race again today, Friday afternoon, and. Uh, Every Saturday night we race. Uh, Saturday night's our big go. We normally get sort of 500 to 1,000 uh, most Saturday nights. Tomorrow night for the third round of the heats, we'll get well over 1,000, I'd imagine, probably around 1,500. So we'll pack of stuff that's sold out tomorrow night. So you're thinking of making the trip over the stocks, you have to have a word to the boss uh, if you want to get in. <laughs> uh, 
in, in grand final, I'd be over, probably over 3,000, I'd say. But um, look, it's, it's, it's probably as fair to say it's a TV product on the Tuesdays and the Fridays. We don't get a big walk-up crowd at all. Uh, there's a pub across the road called the Breakfast Creek Hotel, which is which is famous or notorious, whichever way you look at it in. And um, so that tends to get a, a lot of the lunchtime crowd anyway. We get a few after that to, to watch the latter couple of races in the afternoon. But uh, other than that, it's pretty quiet. Uh, but Sile's a, a fair old go. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty good racing too. So uh, aside from that, Ken, I mean, you still love the game of cricket. I'm sure you've still got uh, a son yeah. involved with it heavily over here. But I, I, I notice uh, every now and then that you, you, you do have a, a bit of a comment to us, and uh, that's what prompted me uh, to talk to you uh, this morning about where yeah. you um, perceive uh, New Zealand cricketers at at the moment. I mean, are we at a, a stage now where we've uh, the age group of uh, particularly our bowling attack, etc. We're um, we're battling. Are we going to have, go through a lean patch? And, and your your mind? I don't have a lean patch. I, I think we're well set up to to always be there or thereabouts. Um, I sort of look back over the last five years, probably since that marvellous World Cup final at Laws, or was that 20, 2019, I think it was. Um, yeah. You know, I, I kind of look at how we've performed since then, stocks, and I. I kind of, you know, I read Michael Wathen's article, for example, about three or four weeks ago, where he used New Zealand as kind of a shining light and good example of how how well to use resources uh, for, a, for a country that hasn't got that many resources. I, I found it slightly patronising, to be quite honest with you. A lot of people thought it was a great, a great article, and it was very well written, but I just think the last five years have almost underperformed, to be frank. I think we've had such a, a golden generation of players that the, my expectations anyway when I watch them is we win every darn game quite frankly um, and when we don't I get a bit disappointed and a bit upset quite frankly so I just wonder if we're going to look back and say 10, 20 years time and look at the history of New Zealand cricket where it was the last five years in particular has been almost an opportunity lost Interesting what, would, what, did, what did you make of the World Cup performance? Do you think we probably got as far as we were going to? Yeah, look, I was backing us, I'm going to be quite frank, to, to, to not get through the semis after after a wee while. And, you know, we had a very hard run, and didn't we? Playing some, some countries who, who were playing pretty darn good cricket at the time. South Africa, for example, uh, I think we played Pakistan. Sri Lanka, for mine, was probably the disappointment of the whole World Cup. I, I gave, gave them a, a rough chance because they've done quite well in the Asia Cup, I think, leading into the World Cup. I thought Sri Lanka would go a lot better than, the, than they did. Uh, but I think you're right, I think New Zealand probably did to get as far as, uh, as as we could. I think, insanely, I think it was a massive shock to me that Australia actually got up and won. It just, uh, it just showed you the, 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 the sheer tenacity and determination and, and just cunning of, of Australian cricket that uh, I don't think they had a particularly good balanced side for, for playing the subcontinent, but they, they got the job done, didn't they? They did, actually. They, they really did, and I think their tactics were very, very smart, and they did their homework. Uh, Daniel Vittori's heavily involved in uh, the bowling aspect of it these days. Uh, I just think behind the scenes they're a little bit smarter than a lot of the coaching setups. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd say that's exactly right. It's quite, it's quite interesting what you're, you're commenting about uh, Vittori's there too, because my, my mail is saying the same kind of thing. There's a, there's a lot of influence there behind the scenes from Vittori. Uh, he's not mentioned, is he? He's not mentioned at all in dispatches uh, when you. Talk to the likes of Crash Critic, who's a good mate of ours over here and a journalist mm. of some repute and uh, of some years standing. Uh, Crash is very much of the opinion that uh, Vittori's influence on that side is extreme. Right, let's look at uh, the other aspects of um, the Black Caps and uh, the Ravindra thing. I mean, it's been the hottest debate in town in the last 10 days uh, how yeah. a guy can be that damn good and not required all of a sudden just because um, we here, the, the mm. 
the colour of the ball is different or there's just not there's not enough room for a guy who made that kind of impact. I find that, and the New Zealand public are finding that hard to believe. Yeah, I am too. I must admit I was kind of shocked reading the uh, comments uh, from the media when we, we actually do get any comments from the media leading up to a test match. It's pretty sparse these days. So gone are the days of... Uh, the Brittendons and Don Camerons and Peter Bidwells, uh, even Ben Inwards from down south in Otago, he, he'd have a go too 30 years ago, wouldn't he, Stocks? But uh, these days, yeah, cricket journalism is on the way, unfortunately, in New Zealand. But when you do read a comment and I sort of saying it's going to be either Ravindra or, or Glenn Phillips for playing for the one place, I'm going, really? Um, I would have thought it's Ravindra. He's in the team somewhere and, and the rest mm. can kind of spar for another place. Uh, he surprised me in the World Cup. I think he surprised a lot of people. Um, I'd seen a bit, bit of him, actually. I uh, watched him on the internet quite a bit over the last three or four years, playing for Wellington. And, and first saw him in the 19 World Cup, I think it was. He was playing for New Zealand in Mount Monganui against someone uh, and looked pretty good that day. So, But I never thought he was really... I thought he was a really good player and by all counts works hard at his game and had, had a lot of ability. But gee, the way he performed in India was... It wasn't international class, was it? It was world proper world class and uh, yeah. to think we can, to think we have the temerity Ian to, to, to leave him out and in any form of the game now it's uh, it's ridiculous and if you, if you want to start pointing fingers uh, who shouldn't be playing or I know Henry Nichols got a couple of hundred not out fairly recently but he look at the scores in and around that innings it's, it's pretty pretty poor quite frankly and we know that Henry doesn't play spin bowling all that well as his record in the, in the subcontinent is pretty poor so I would have thought Ravindra in at number five in the order with Daryl Mitchell moving up to number four probably made a bit of sense. Do you go to, I noticed the Big Bash last night, Brisbane Heat kicked off, uh, which is your local team, I yep. guess, um, kicked off in the yep. best possible fashion. Do you go? Do you, you show an interest in that? Yeah, I was going to go, actually. Uh, got daughter Holly over here at the moment, so wife Gail and myself were, were thinking about going. We ended up getting as far as the new Farm Bowls Club for a couple of quiet beers, quite frankly. I had the beer, I had the wine, but uh, watched it on TV. The worst thing about the new Farm Bowls Club, of course, he hasn't got a tab, but uh, we have to work on that. Had a word to the boss last night. so uh, But I did watch a bit of it, and, uh, gee, they package it well, don't they? Three hours of entertainment, that's what it's all about, and... Uh, yeah, Colin Monroe, boy, he, he, he showed the way, didn't he? A, a magnificent innings. I must have stopped watching after about 10 minutes of the stars, I think, because I actually backed the stars. So uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, interest, uh, the interest wasn't as strong as it was maybe at the start of the, uh, of the match. Ken, uh, here's a, another interesting one which is playing out in Australia at the moment. The, the Mitchell Johnson-Warner saga, which is all in sundry <laughs> coming in on now. I think Michael Clark had a, a bit of a crack overnight. Uh, the, this is an interesting one. Well, I mean, we played in an era where there were personalities, there were differences of opinion, yeah. um, but I don't think they played out to this effect, no. which may be the influence of the media or just an indication of just how painful it is. Well, I actually had a chat to our good friend Crash uh, yesterday about this, this very thing, and uh, I said I said to Crash how un-Australian it is really to, to see this kind of thing be, uh, un, you know, to unfold in the public domain as it is. It's, and I think there's still some life in it yet, uh, Stocks, because, of course, the test match, I think, starts today, doesn't it? Uh, oh, no, sorry, next mm. Thursday it is. In, in, next uh, in Thursday, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is, and Mitchell Johnson, of course, is commentating, and, and Warren will be opening the bat, and Crash had a couple of comments uh, one one was that probably ninety percent of what Mitch what Mitch was was spot on. There's another ten percent he probably didn't need to say, which is a bit too personal. I think he he sort of said he kept it around uh, Warner's performance over uh, the last two or three years. He probably had 
and everyone agreeing, but as soon as he got into some personal stuff, uh, it sort of muddied the, the point that he was trying to make, I think. And I think I'd probably agree with that uh, that remark. Uh, I think Warner, we all understand Warner's probably, by Australian standards, he's, he's hasn't quite reached those uh, his, career, his career heights uh, over the last three or four seasons. And it's perhaps been fortunate that there hasn't been anyone at state level who's been knocking down the door in terms of the opening bang position. You're talking lots of Bancroft mm. and uh, Harris and um, and the fellow from Queensland here, who I really rate, uh, Matthew Renshaw. I think he's a really good cricketer. I think he'll be playing for Australia very shortly again. Um, so I think Warner's been a bit lucky in that in terms of his own career. But uh, it's, it's gee, it's been a great it's been great to to, to read the comments and it's, it's added plenty of spice over here. There's been lots and lots and lots of remarks about it. Do you have an opinion, uh, Ken, just looking at this battle away, struggle away, so to the degree we are in Bangladesh? Mm. On, I mean, during your era, uh, which um, um, sort of uh, I overlapped the, the start of your era, you carried on quite a long time after me, but I, 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 just, I just wonder about spin bowling. And, and was, it, yeah. was it such an issue back in those days? So, I mean, we, we, you know, we always like to prepare those seamless pitches here in New Zealand, but I always thought we had a... John Bracewell might argue with this, but we, we, I think we had a, a bit more of a, uh, I think, a fondness about the thought of spin in a weird sort of way. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, well, I don't know if the fondness would, would have drifted as far as, as New Zealand home test matches, to be honest, because um, I think Braces and Bocky in particular, didn't they? They played a lot of test matches outside New Zealand, but didn't play all that many. Uh, they tend to be carrying the cordial, didn't they, uh, in, in home test matches a, a lot of the time, but... I think the big change, and I've given this a little bit of thought actually, is is around the the whole the VAR or what do you call it, the uh, the, the ability for you know spinners to appeal, you know, by television uh, match official, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and um, just yeah. the fact that batsmen are so so careful these days to to get their pad out of the way, um, and that's changed completely. I mean, we were probably of the ilk of the MCC coaching uh, book ilk when we stocks where you know, it was bat and pad together. Push out, when, when in doubt, push out was the old saying, wasn't it? Uh, if you didn't quite judge the, the the length or the line of the of the spinner's delivery that well, just get your foot out there and get your back somewhere close by, you'll be okay, fella. Uh, these yeah. days, if you do that, you're, you're LBW probably nine out of ten times. So, I think the whole way that um, that the spin bowling's played these days is. It's probably just put a whole, whole new emphasis on, on, on your technique. And, and you've seen batsmen at test match level, you see it very often now, their, their best form of defence or the best form of, of getting through a session of spin bowling is to actually play all those shots, which have become very much, uh, you know, fashion of the day in terms of T20, you know, the reverse sweeps and the sweeps and, and dabbing the ball down back or the square and this kind of stuff, which if you did that in those days and, and played a test match with Bob Kunis as your coach and selector or Glenn Turner as your coach and selector, that'd be the last damn test you play for in uh, New Zealand, wouldn't it? So mm. uh, I think that's kind of uh, thrown a whole new light in the way you play spinners. And um, but I remember Smithy, I think you were on the tour, I think it was a World Cup tour in 87, and I think we got somewhere, I think Hyderabad or somewhere like that, and we saw these young English, sorry, English, these young Indian uh, cricketers like an under 14 under 16 level in the nets, and quite a few of the batsmen didn't have pads on. They're playing proper spin bowling uh, without pads, and they're, they're hitting off the middle of the bat. And uh, I think that's the key in playing spin bowling these days. You, you've got to get your pad out of the way, you've got to use your bat, and that's the advantage that Asian cricketers have over us. 
It, it is actually. Um, I, I remember sometimes on, on tours in those countries where some of our batsmen didn't want to face some of their schoolboy spinners because it was just bad preparation. It was embarrassing. Uh, but yeah. Ken, here's, uh, here's another thing. Uh, Test 100 number 29 for Kane Williamson. Where does he rank for yeah. you now in terms of world and New Zealand? Oh, look, he's, he's, he hasn't finished yet, has he? Um, I'd, I'd have to go and, and look who's number 30, 31, 32, because I, I think I read that Coley's 29. Is that, is that right? And there's another luminary there as well. And you start sort of looking at that and going, my God. Um, I think Mark Wall was well beaten and in, into about 24th or 25th position, wasn't he? And uh, we all know the quality yeah. of a guy like Mark Wall. So you just got to look back on, on some of the players he's already ahead of and, and the kind of the calibre and the... And the yeah, the reputations that those players have had in uh, Test match career history. So, you know, Kane probably has supplanted Martin as, as, as in terms of statistics and in terms of, of standing there. And so he's, he's our number one Test batsman. And uh, good luck to whoever's going to come uh, in the future and, and try and beat those records because he's not finished, is he? As long as his body stands up to the to the rigours of, of Test match cricket and, and the other forms that he wants to play. Um, you know, Hamish is 34 years of age, and Kane must be about 33. So he could play to his 40, Kane, and uh, he, he could get 35, 36 Test hundreds at least. Yeah. I think the guy you're looking for is a fellow by the name of Bradman that he's equal with now, which is pretty handy. Um, that's, that's, right. That's, that's right, correct. Hmm. Uh, right, I, I, I imagine uh, you've given us some sure shot uh, Dollar ten winners in the in the harness side of things. Uh, thanks very much for that. But uh, you will have uh, also, I would imagine, been looking at uh, the thoroughbred side of it on on both sides of the Tasman. Big race in Trentham tomorrow. The newly named uh, TAB Classic, which was the Captain Cook. Um, can you give us a winner on uh, either side? Just one will do. Well, I actually haven't got my computer open. As I said, I've just had my beef broth, so I haven't really had a look. I, I did see the the Villiers uh, Ramwicks on uh, on Saturday and. Uh, I did see a horse by the name of Waterford that's in the, the in the nominations. I'm sure it will be accepted as a two million dollar race. So have a crack at Waterford. It'll be a horse well known to you. It's one of these horses that keeps running, running on and just getting in this time round until it's your twenty bucks as well. But uh, uh, Waterford on Saturday for your punters and, and look, take the double on the short price favourites. Uh, take we'll take the treble with probably the four time around leap to fame into a bit of Swayze, into a bit of Just Believe, into a bit of uh, probably Queen Leader, actually. The other one we should be winning. Uh, won't pay double that much, actually, that four times. Probably only about 2.5 or something like that. But uh, they'll be getting home, somebody, without a doubt. Look, Tottenham leading 1-0. You'd be happy about that, would you? Tottenham 1-0 over West Ham oh, at the moment. And Everton are leading uh, Newcastle 2-0 too, Rudge, which would be a massive result for those guys at the bottom of the table. So... <coughs> beating uh, all that uh, Arab money. Hey, hey mate, uh, great to catch up with you, uh, Rudz, as always. I, I can inform you that if you're around Brisbane towards yep. the end of uh, January, um, mm-hmm. uh, there's a fair chance one of your old teammates might be in the commentary team for Fox uh, at the end of January, so we'll catch up, eh? Uh, that'd be really good. Look forward to that. OK, Rudz, have a, have a good Christmas if uh, I don't talk to you beforehand. Uh, all the very best, and thanks for your time this morning. Likewise, all good, mate.